The following is a production of the Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network. I don't get where I play as long as I go number one in the draft. From the Erie Otters, Connor McDavid. From the London Knights, Mitch Marner. From the Washington Hockey League's Brandon Wheat Kings, Nolan Patrick. This is Tracking the Draft with Craig Button. He checks an enormous amount of boxes. Nobody in this draft did more with less. I absolutely love him. It's not his skills that anybody's concerned about. It's that playing attitude. And quite frankly, it's really poor. Speeding towards the future of the NHL. From the U.S. Development Program, Jacob Truba. From Faryastad of the Swedish Elite League, Jonas Brodin. From the Boston U Terriers, Brady Kachuk. He could play in the NHL next year. He's one of those guys. Here's your host, Dean Millard. Hello there. Good afternoon. Good morning. Good evening. Depending on when you are watching or listening to this show, we're just glad that you are. My name is Dean Millard, and this is Tracking the Draft with Craig Button. The director of scouting for TSN and former NHL GM will be along shortly to give his thoughts on the three players we'll be discussing on this show because the stars of tomorrow are discovered and discussed on this program. And here are the three players we will be going in-depth with today. On top-shelf talent, Cutter Goche, left winger with the U.S. National Team Development Program. Looks like a goal scorer. We'll find out from Craig exactly what his talents are. Five Eyes Scouting Services recognized the talents and snagged him also, Jagger Furkus, Jagger Furkus from Moose Jaw Can West Scouting Agency has this uh, sharpshooter uh, who plays in the Western Hockey League and is rising among a lot of rankings out there. And a guy in my own backyard, Dylan Gunther, a uh, winger with the Edmonton Oil Kings, recently scored the Michigan and just having a, a fantastic Western Hockey League career. We'll find out from Craig how that will translate into the next level. Uh, Craig joins us on the UFHL hotline. UFFsports.com is where you can sign up as a scout, and you can scout in all sports that we have, hockey, baseball, American football, and basketball. And in hockey, you will get to scout and watch and track the same players that Craig Button does. Just $25 to sign up as a scout at UFFsports.com, $25 worth of score. So get in the game where you own the game. And we have great programming on UFSN, Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network. That's where you're watching this show right now, or maybe you're listening to it on a podcast. You can find our audio podcast wherever you get your shows at Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network. If you'd like to get in touch with us, send an email, ufsn at uffsports.com, and you can get your programming on our network. All right, without further ado, let's bring in the man of the show, Mr. Craig Button. Here he is, the director of scouting for TSN, former GM of the Calgary Flames, and a Stanley Cup champion with the Dallas Stars. Plus, he's a sharp-dressed man with a heart of gold and a passion to match it. Craig Button. 
Hello, Craig. As we get set to chat about uh, three more players, uh, we're going to be talking about two WHL players and one guy from the USHL that's played in a lot of really impressive uh, programs, in my opinion, uh, as far as developing players. And we're talking about Cutter Gauthier, who's with the U.S. National Team Development Program that plays in the USHL. Five Eye Scouting Services has this player listed. And in that USHL this year, 13 goals, no assists in 14 games, and he's ranked 22nd on the Craigslist. And we, we kind of joke in, in hockey sometimes that, you know, he's a candidate for the Cy Young with that perfect uh, 13-0 record when you look at the stat sheet. And sometimes people don't, don't always get it, but it looks like a pretty good pitcher's record. It also looks like a guy that can score a lot of goals, and he does have some assists with his other games in the program, but still double the number of goals over assists am I reading too much in thinking that he is a pure goal scorer no I don't think you are at all I think that uh, you watch Cutter play and you you watch the way he gets himself open the way he uh, releases the puck the way he can accurately shoot the puck I mean you're talking about a real top-notch goal scorer I will tell you this Dean so you have Craigslist ranked 22 that's from January he's top 10 for me now just Ooh. for the record, I want everybody to know that he's top ten, and you know, uh, you know, along with his teammate Jimmy Snuggerud, who we'll talk about at some point in the future, uh, the, the the significant development in their games in the span of the end of last year into this year ha has been nothing has been nothing less than impressive, and that's what you're looking for in players. Like you know, how how, how are how are they tracking? How are they improving? How are they becoming more impactful? And when you watch Cutter play, you know, the, the name and the player that comes to mind when I watch him play is Max Pacioretty. You know, mm. and you think about Max, like Max, great release, scores goals, you know, and, you know, all you got to do is get him the puck. And it, it, he, he, he almost one of those players that needs less chances, not more to be able to produce. Well, that's Cutter. And, but Cutter is, it, 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 he's big. He skates well, and, and, and that's another area of his game that's really improved. His, you know, when, when you have a good shot and you, and you can post up in the offensive zone and you, and you get it off, well, you, you become, you know, reliant upon somebody getting you the puck. And so is that one-dimensional? To a certain degree it is. But what Cutter has been able to do, the skating is better. He's quicker. He's faster. Change of pace. So now on the attack, he's more dangerous. And let me just tell you this about Cutter. He ain't interested in playing where it doesn't matter. He attacks to the net. He attacks inside. He puts defenders on their heels. He makes defenders that defend him. Like, you know, not just like knowing where he is on the ice in the offensive zone, but on the rush. And, you know, when you consider the qualities that he brings to the game, the size, the skating, the pace, the shot, the accuracy, the, that, that's a player. That's why he's in my top 10. Because... You know, when you when you watch a player like him do the things that he's been able to do, improve and 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 develop his game, and, and to the extent that he has, that's a top ten player for me. And ironically, I don't know if you know about his dad. His dad, Sean, was a goalie. So I'm, I got to think that somewhere along the line that son shot on dad, or dad showed son how to score on goaltenders. Because I have to think there's got to be some kind of. Uh, connection. And if there isn't, I would be absolutely massively surprised.
Because I know, Dean, you as a former goaltender, you wouldn't want to give away all your secrets to an opposition, but somebody close and near and dear to you, I'm sure you would be giving them tips on how to beat the beat a goaltender. Yeah, listen, if my nephew Zach or Cody uh, or my nieces uh, Harmony or Leela ever wanted to get to the highest level, I would give them all my secrets, but maybe not to the guy <laughs> down the street. So you are right. And, and it, it is an interesting story. He was born in Sweden. While his dad, Sean, was playing goal there. But he has played, I think, a lot, if not all, of his minor hockey in the U.S. He played with the Honey Baked and the CompuWare programs in Detroit. Now with the U.S. program, he's heading to Boston College. Those are all programs, Craig, that are known for developing players. So if you're at the draft table... How much do you factor that in? We we a lot of times talk about it's the development after players get drafted, but how much are you looking at how this player and where this player has been developing up until that point? Well, it's mandatory that you think about that, uh, Dean. It, it's mandatory that you assess where a player is going to further his development and who it's going to be under. If you're not doing that, Dean, then you're not doing your work. How many times have, have we discussed on, on, on this show that, you know, it, if you have great scouting and poor development, you're in trouble. If you have poor scouting and great development, you're in trouble. They go hand in hand. It's a hand in the glove. And if you want uh, everything to come out on the right side, those two things, scouting, evaluation, and development, are, are critically important to having players be able to reach their potential. You know, a lot of times, and, and, and you, we talk about it, you know, you, you assess talent. Well, this player has this, and we rank them here, and we rank them there, and we, we say, okay, this player is better than this player. But understanding where a player is going to go and how much that can impact his development in a positive way, and, and, and maybe in a way that, you know, that stifles it or stymies it. You, you have to understand those things when you're, when you're projecting players because the projection is the key thing here. And NHL teams are all doing that and all have to say, okay, Cutter's going to Boston College. Jerry York's the coach there. They have a great program. They have really good players that have come out of there. You know, if they're ready, they're going to come out of school and play for our team. If they're not ready, we're confident that they can stay there. Those are all factors that go in the selection of players. You know, you've heard me rail on this, but it's always a good opportunity for me to rail again. BPA, best player available. It, it, it's a garbage term. It has no relevancy. Because if it's just about best player available when you're selecting at the draft, you just go down a list. You go, oh, that's the next best player. Oh, okay, good. I'll take that guy. Anybody can do that. Unfortunately, Dean, that's not the way it works. And it never will. Because there's no clear definition. In fact, it's as muddy as muddy can be about best player available in your assessment. And what goes into who's the best player available at a certain point? development, where he's going, how, mu how much you project him improving vis-a-vis -vis another player. You know, these are all part and parcel of the evaluation and the projection. And development is right there as a critical component. Best player available. You ever hear anybody start talking about, oh, just best player available? It's a garbage term. It has no relevancy in the scouting selection, the selection of players. And I will, I, I will tell anybody that wants to further that argument to the, to, to the end of time. 
So should we add another P in there? Best projected player available? I mean, you're you're right. You're not saying we want to take we want to draft the best junior player. You want to end up drafting the best NHL player. Well, what happens if you don't think that Jerry York is a good developer of players? <laughs> and what happens if you do think he is? Do you understand the problem with best yeah. projected player available? Yeah, true. It doesn't true. work because because it's through your lens. It's through your lens. Dean, there's 32 teams in the NHL that have scouting lists, and not one of them is the same. Not one of them is the same. And, and how they look at it and how they gather their information and how they take information and apply it, how they look at projection, that's the inexact part of this, of this whole process. So, you know what, like, even how you project a, a player going somewhere where he can develop – I'm a huge believer in Red Berenson. He's a friend. He's somebody that I have the greatest respect for. I watched what he did at the University of Michigan. I watched players develop. And yet over time, I continuously heard, oh, Randy, he's not this, he's not that. And finally, you know what I finally started to say is, okay, we can, you, you, you can all further, okay, if Red's a good coach or he's not a good coach or whatever, I know this. Red's a great developer of young men and young players. And however you want to, however you want to project that, growing emotionally, growing mentally, growing in your game, and everything that goes with it, I saw that. If you want to get into the coaching aspects, okay, we can all agree to disagree, but make no mistake about it: the lens that you look through a player and and what his attributes are and how they project, the lens in which you look at where he's going and what you believe in that in in, in that program or that team or that coaching right, are all critical factors in the projection. And they're not the same and never will be. Okay, so when you're talking about Cutter Goche, 6'3", almost 195 pounds right now, big, strong. Do you see him as being a prototypical power forward? I, I, so a, a real good opportunity here, Dean, is for us to now, how do we define power forward now? Mm-hmm. The game is so much different. Okay, and let's just look at Cutter as opposed to his dad, Sean. When Sean was playing, we looked at power forwards. We looked at power forwards, you know, the physical part of the game, overwhelming physical presence, bear down on you, hit you and everything. How many players are like that now that you see? Not many. Power forwards now are puck protectors. Bingo. And so what you're able to do is you're able to use your size to, 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 to keep the puck. You're able to use your size to carve out space for yourself. You're, you're able to hold space for yourself or make it really hard to check. The, the, the game is so much different for the young players coming up with respect to body checking and, and that in imposing physical style of play. It's, it doesn't, it, it's just not very, in fact, it's rare. You know, when you see a player that plays with that rambunctiousness, that type of physical type of imposing style, it, it catches your eye. It's like, whoa, geez, that's, that's rare. You don't see it. And guess what? So, so I think it's important to talk about what is a power forward now. Your definition, how you just described it, I think is exactly how you have to look at it. What, I want, what I'll say is this. Cutter Goche is a really, really, his skating has really become a real important factor in his game. Really good skater. Excellent hands. Excellent shot. Very, very good, strong hockey sense in terms of knowing how to take advantage of it. So everything being equal, you want the bigger player that has those qualities or the smaller player? Oh, the bigger player, obviously. 
absolutely. So he's six foot three. That's why he's in my top 10. There we go. Beautiful. All right, let's move on to the next wave now. Uh, Jagger Furcus, a center with Moose Jaw in the Western Hockey League and Can West Scouting Agency uh, just adding another gem to their stable. 29 goals, 34 assists in 51 games this year. I know he wasn't ranked, but he will be on your next rankings because we're starting to hear his name a lot more lately. What are the reasons why he's attracting such positive attention from others, in, including yourself, Craig? Well, I mean, number one, you're looking at a player that's uh, that's very gifted. He's a very gifted goal scorer. And he's got a, a very, very good release with respect to, uh, you know, knowing how to get open, knowing how to get that shot off and, you know, really understanding, you know, like, here's my strength. And I mean, he's he's got a wicked release. Like that, that goal scoring, that's no accident. That 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 is him uh, to a T, really, when you when you start to consider what he's capable of doing. And, and, you know, he's played a lot of right wing this year. So he might be a, a player that's played center and he can play center, but he's played a lot of right wing this year. And mm-hmm. I think, I think it fits his game. I think it allows him to move into those spots on the ice, those open areas. Obviously a good goal scorer needs a good playmaker and, and a good playmaker needs a good goal scorer to finish off what they're creating. And I think that Jagger, you know, shows those, uh, those abilities to, to not only get open, but know when to get open. And I'll tell you what, when that puck gets on his stick, it's off quick. And then, and because he disguises it so well, and he's got such a quick release, it, 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 it can beat goaltenders and it can beat goaltenders from distance. Uh, you know, the power play has been real good for Jagger, but to me, when, when you watch him play and you, you, you see him play the game in the, in the manner that he plays, you know, that type of player, that type of goal score, that type of threat, that type of threat is what really impresses me about Jagger. So, you know, when you when you put it all together, I project him as a right winger in the National Hockey League. I don't project him as a center. I project him as a right winger. So the fact that he is playing right wing and showing those things for the most part, that's that's where I see his game continuing to go. So recently we chatted about Brandon Lazowski. Uh, Matthew Ward is another guy who's similar in stature. All three of these guys are in the WHL, all in the same area. I mean, fans of, of that area, not only do you get Connor Bedard in Regina, but you're getting to watch these skilled players as well. Do you see similarities between Lazowski, Ward, Fergus? Does one of them stand above the rest? Um, they all. I, I'm, I'm comparing them because they're all similar uh, in stature and, and, you know, they seem to have some, you know, similar uh, statistics what do you see craig well at, 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 like you know there's lots of good players but but jagger out of the three you, you mentioned lazowski and you mentioned uh uh ward, ward. yeah I, I see i see jagger I, i'm talking about projecting to the nhl i project jagger Furcus well ahead of both those players now i love matthew ward i love the way he plays i love the, but but back to you know, you're watching, and, and he's a player i got to continue to watch more of. I mean, uh, you, you know, I love the way he competes. I love the way he thinks. You know, when you're a smaller player, you got to have those dynamic abilities, those, those dynamic qualities, and you're, and you're looking at the projection part of it. Those are big things for me, but I, and I like Matthew Ward. Lazowski's a catalyst-type player. He's hungry. He's around the net. He gets chances. He drives the net. But when I look at Jagger Furtis, I clearly see a, 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 an offensive player that can benefit 
that, that can benefit your team playing in an offensive role in a lot of different ways. You know, because he's such a good goal scorer and he's such a dangerous goal scorer and he's got that offensive mind, to me, that's the type of player that, that, that sits a cut above those other guys. In no way, shape, or form am I saying that Ward or Lazowski can't be NHL players because I like both of them, but not more than Jagger Fergus. I like it. Okay, um, I love how you said earlier he's got a terrific shot, but the thing that I love the most is that he knows where to go. Like, if you can have a terrific shot, but if you don't know where to be on the ice, it's not going to do you a whole lot of good. When you have those compa- those uh, combinations of being able to get the shot off quickly and also being able to find that soft spot or that open spot on the ice, it's dangerous. Who is your NHL comparable when you look at Moose Jaws, Jagger Fergus? I'm not sure yet, Dean. I'm really not. It's something that I'm trying to work through. You know, you know, if he was a if he was a little bit faster, I might say Cam Atkinson. Mm. Uh, but but I don't see that speed right now in, in Jagger. Now, what I have to do is is project that. Like his skating's good. Does he have that? Does he have that element of speed that could maybe put him in the, in, into that category of score? You know, he's, he's not a Brendan Gallagher type where he's like just hounding the net and get, he, he, he's looking for that space. He's looking for that spot and, and he finds those spots. Space in the National Hockey League is, is at a premium. And not only do you have to be able to find it, you have to be able to find it at the right time because the defenders and opponents are closing it quickly on you and denying you that space. So I see Jagger being able to create that space in different ways. So, so Brendan Gallagher does it different. You know, Cam Atkinson does it different. And, and I'm trying to really assess where Jagger fits in, 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 into that category of score. And I, I don't really have a, a, a real, what I would call a real confident uh, comparable right now with respect to him. Andre Kasha for the Toronto Maple Leafs comes to mind. But I'm, I'm well in the, th- I'm, 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 in the, I'm in the throes. I'm in the midst of trying to identify who an NHL comparable is. I just gave you three mm-hmm. that he might have elements of all three of them in different ways, but not clear cut. And it might not even be one of those three guys. It might be a combination, or I might even find a way to come up with a, with a better, better player. One of the players that I, and I wrote down on my notes that I thought that he might be like, and it's a, it's a, it's a player from the past is Radom Verbata. Remember mm. Radom Verbata? Yeah. Radom Verbata, like he, he wasn't what you would call a top notch offensive player, but he was dangerous and he knew when to get open and how to get open and where to get open. And so I, I put down my notes as Radom Verbata question mark. So he, he might, I, I've given you a lot of names, but th- th- there's a lot of different elements to Jagger Fergus's game that give me the, these different, uh, comparable types players well and you know last year he only played 23 games and is such an improvement yeah. so there's there's a lot of people that are probably catching up uh on on jagger Furcus, uh, uh that that didn't get to see him play because he played 12 games and mostly in the midget league the year before and then plays a little bit last year with the pandemic and this year really coming onto the scene so i'm sure there's a lot of people that are are uh, maybe undecided about some of those comparables, but they're not undecided when it comes to uh, his skill set and what he's doing in the uh, in the rankings for sure. And each week, Craig joins us on the Ultimate Fantasy Hockey League 
hotline. Get in the game where you own the game with UFHL. 32 franchises just like the NHL. And of course, a massive scouting platform. It is the lifeblood. Prospects, free agents, go through a scout. You can become a scout for just $25 worth of score coin, and then you can scout the same players that all the NHL scouts, including Craig, do as well. You can become an independent scout, or you can form a partnership with an existing franchise. Reach out for more information at the UFHL League on Twitter. Okay, we're going to go back in time now as we do with our time machine segment. And we talk about guys with uh, with great shots. We're talking about Dylan Gunther, a winger with the Edmonton Oil Kings. The Snipers in the UFHL drafted this player and 32 goals, 30 assists, and 41 games this year. The Coyotes took him ninth overall last year. This guy seems to get better and better with each game. He's averaging 1.25 points per game in his WHL career. That is incredible. He had, he was over a point a game in his rookie season. And Craig is getting national attention for his goal the other day. And uh, you have to love this because it's called the Michigan. Now, Torch didn't like it. I think he's in the minority. What about you, Craig? I love I listen I I love creativity I love imagination I think that uh we don't have enough of it in the game I think it needs to be encouraged more at the younger ages and when players like Trevor Zegris or Niels Hoaglander or Dylan Gunther are are displaying it and being successful doing it then to me this is something that can be very influential in young players playing the game saying I can do that and I want to try to do that you know, we need to celebrate goal scoring, and there's different ways to score goals. And to me, this is something that should never, ever, ever be looked upon negatively. Now, as it comes to Dylan, I mean, Dylan is, he's smooth. He is smooth, man. And, you know, you, you, you watch him play the Oil Kings on this day in February were named the number one team in the CHL rankings, top 10 teams. So Dylan's a huge part of that. I mean, I'm not saying the Edmonton Oil Kings are a team that have their sights set clearly, clearly on the Memorial Cup in St. John. And Dylan Gunther is, is somebody that gives you every reason to believe that the Edmonton Oil Kings are not only a team in the Western Hockey League that can get there, but if they do get there, can win the Memorial Cup. The challenge for the Edmonton Oil Kings is that there are a lot of good teams in the Western Hockey League this year that could win the Memorial Cup, that could win the Memorial Cup. I'm not talking about winning the WHL. I mean, that includes the Winnipeg Ice. That includes the Everett Silvertips. The Kamloops Blazers are a really, really good team. So you start to look at teams that fit into this category of top contenders. Only one's going to come from the Western Hockey League, and that makes it so exciting down the stretch not only in the Eastern Conference, but in the Western Conference as well. Yeah, just that yeah, I, I had the pleasure of covering the Oil Kings when they went to three straight league finals. And, you know, the those battles with Portland were legendary for three straight years. The Eastern Conference and the Western Conference finals could be just unbelievable. Like an Edmonton-Winnipeg uh, final in the East would be amazing. And then who knows what happens uh, along the way. So Dylan Gunther, he gets a lot of attention for his shot, and rightfully so. We'll get to that in a second. But what's a, what's a part of his game that doesn't get uh, celebrated enough in your opinion what else does he do really well you know i want to be careful it goes back to what you say about uh about a power forward and so i I, i'm gonna i'm gonna use the word and then i'm and then i'm going and then i'm gonna expand on it 
his toughness. Now, people will say, what do you mean tough? Does he fight? No, he's not. He doesn't throw down the gloves and fight. I'm talking about his toughness in battling for space, his toughness in finding a way to gain an edge in the smallest of areas. I call them body-on-body battles. And when I watch Dylan in body-on-body battles, he's not going to overwhelm you and just overpower you. But what he does is he's in the battle. He's in the fight. And he's finding a way to get on the right side of the fight and, and emerge with the puck. And when you're a good player and a top player like Dylan Gunther, you're going to be challenged at every point in time by the opponent. You know what the coach does before every game when they're playing the Edmonton Oil Kings? They circle Dylan Gunther on, on the thing and say, we better watch this guy. So Dylan goes into every game knowing he's going to be closely monitored. He's going to be closely checked. And when I see his abilities to be able to come off the wall, come from below the circle, get to the net, fight off a check, fight off. Like, you know, one of the things that I really watch for in players, do players push through resistance? Now, when you're at different stages of, 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 of physical maturity, you might not be able to have the success that you're going to have once you're stronger. But if you're trying to push through resistance and you, you know that a player gets stronger, that he'll ultimately be able to get through that, I don't worry about it. And, and I hear, oh, he's not strong enough. Yeah, I know that. Just like every other player isn't strong enough at this point in stage, at this point in the game for the most part. But, you know, when, you, when, when you're ready to try to push through resistance and you're not being denied, that's Dylan Gunther. I see too many strong players. I see too many big players. They don't fight through resistance. They get easily denied. So when I talk about toughness, I talk about Dylan Gunther's toughness and saying, this is what I got to do. It's not just the open ice. It's not just the open track that I'm going to excel in. I'm going to I'm going to excel in the tight checking, hard games, and in the hard body on battle games. And try denying me because I'm not going to I'm going to fight through resistance. That's what I see in Dylan Gunther. You know that that term about the power forward is so true. Like you know the days of Rick Tockett, Eric Lindros, you know Shanahan, Jerome McGinley, who you now Vincent LeCavalier, It started changing, and now I look at big strong guys like Blake Wheeler, uh, Mark Stone, and 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 different ways that they can fight checks off, hold on to the puck, get through uh, traffic and things like that. The game has changed, and we're seeing players evolve as well. So I, I like that toughness aspect. No longer does it mean he's walking away with 17 penalty minutes. Maybe he's walking away with 17 uh, uh, sloughed-off checks or something like that because the game has changed. The one thing that hasn't changed, shooting and scoring. And that's what he does really well. So he might get 50 goals this year, which is an amazing accomplishment in any league. What specifically do you like about his shot? Is it the release? Is it the velocity? Is it the accuracy? And do you see it? We talked about this often, about him being able to use that shot as he develops at the next level. We talk a lot about, yeah, you can beat a goalie in junior. Can you beat a goalie in the NHL? Does he have the skill, and and obviously he has the work ethic, to be able to do that at the next level? Absolutely he does, Dean. And I'll talk about it like, you know, bottom line is, as you talk about, so he's got he's got a really good release. He's got deception in his release. He's got accuracy in his shot. So as you go and work on it, it's only going to get better. So you know when you when we talk about the scoring ability, see, see the the most like for me, he skates well, he shoots well, he passes well, he thinks the game so exceptionally well. He, he, here's the thing that stands out for me about Dylan Guthrie. Here's the word that I hear, the term that I use to describe Dylan well-rounded 
He is so good at understanding, I need to shoot here. Oh, I need to pass here. Oh, I need to hold up here a little bit and just buy myself a little more time to get a better shooting angle. I need to get to the net to deflect the shot. Oh, that defenseman's playing off of me. I'm going to shoot it from here. Or that defenseman's attacking me. I'm going to make the play to the post and my, my teammate's going to get it. His understanding of the game is so outstanding and how well-rounded he is in his approach to playing. You know, I, I call it being able to, you, you have to be able to make plays in motion. And it can't be just, okay, I'm going to make this play right now and just, I'm going to shoot. Well, if the shot isn't there, why are you thinking about shooting? That's what I mean by playing the game in motion. The game is not static. You don't line up at the line of scrimmage and go, okay, here's the play call, right? The game is, is moving constantly. And you've got to be able in your mind to be able to pick up, uh, you know, what opponents are doing. Read the play. Understand, you know, what's happening and then be able to take advantage. That's what impresses me about Dylan is that well-roundedness in his game of understanding all those in, in, important elements. And that's why that's why I see him clearly as a first-line uh, winger in the National Hockey League. Yeah, he does. He certainly doesn't play with tunnel vision on, where it's just uh, you know oh, one track oh, oh, oh. Uh, get the shot off, and and that can sometimes derail a player. And he does not have that uh, quality in this game. So that's a good thing for uh, hockey fans in Arizona, and it'll be a good thing for uh, Oil King fans for the rest of this year, uh, and hopefully on a Memorial Cup run as well. Craig, as always, thank you for your time, your passion, and your knowledge. And I can't wait to chat about three more players next week. Neither can I, Dean. It'll be fun. This is a serious message. Craig Button joins us on the Ultimate Franchise Fantasy Sports Hotline. Become a scout and make money while providing prospects to the Ultimate Franchise Hockey League. What'd you talk about, mister? Pay that man his money. I'm your huckleberry. Check out the details at www.uffsports.com. It's serious. I like it a lot. I said we got a winner. UFFS. You own the game. stuff with my good friend Craig Button and we've got a lot of great stuff for you as we go along. Something we call Craig's Council. We'll do it uh, very soon at the halfway point or some point and then we'll do it at the end of the year as well. This is where you can ask Craig questions if it's about you know how to scout a player what he looks for uh, with a certain position or skill set or maybe you just want to hear some stories. He's got loads of them from an amazing career in the NHL and scouting. So if you have a question for Craig, send it our way tracking the draft at gmail.com scouting tips and story time with Craig button. We'll be doing that fairly short shortly, and then we'll do it at the end of the season after the draft as well. And as mentioned, this show is proudly broadcast on UFSN ultimate fantasy sports network. Your one-stop shop for fantasy sports, whether it's regular fantasy sports or getting a good look at what's happening with UFFS, the crypto market, we have to try to cover it all. You can also get our shows in podcast format, audio only, wherever you find your podcast, just search for Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network, Tracking the Draft, and others will be there. And if you'd like to get your show, if you have a fantasy show that you want to get on our network and participate with us, please send us an email, ufsn at uffsports.com. That's ufsn at uffsports.com. You can also follow on Twitter, at UFS Network, and the Twitter DMs are open. 
that is going to wrap things up for another show, another exciting show with Craig Button. Thank you very much to the man for his time, his passion, his knowledge, and his friendship. Thank you for listening and watching and supporting Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network and UFFS in general. We have so many great things on the way. We are bursting at the seams, and we really want you to be a part of it. So check out uffsports.com. Enjoy whatever hockey you may be watching in the next little while. Playoff races heating up in all kinds of leagues. Draft stocks rising and falling. We'll be here to cover it all. Thanks again to Craig. Thanks again to you. And thank you to UFFS. Thank you.